Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of First Generation Bowhunter. This is episode 13. I'm your host, Adam Buchanan. If you are a first-generation bow hunter, you are in the right place because so am I. We are here to learn and share tips and stories and have just a good time. Uh, this is one of the best passions to have. And so I'm glad that you're here. Thank you so much. If you don't mind, take a screenshot of how you're listening to First Generation Bowhunter and tag me on Instagram, Adam underscore Buchanan. And also, take a little time, set up a review, please, on Apple Podcasts. And on Spotify, watch for those polls and Q&As. I always uh, ask a little question that's related to the episode, drop in there, and uh, give it an answer. Take the poll. Love to hear from you. I wanted to share a really cool text message that I got from my daughter this, this last week. This was like full circle for me. It just made me so happy. So here is what she said. Are you going hunting sometime soon? I'd like to come with you. I said, we can go check check trail cameras, but hunting isn't until August. What made you think of that? And then she says, I'm interested on how and when animals are out and following certain patterns. I said, yep, we can totally go out. We'll have a great time. So that totally warmed my heart. She's been a little more hesitant when it's come to, comes to hunting and a little bit more reserved. And so I, I try to be a little bit more thoughtful as I share stories and interact with her when it comes to hunting. But that was really cool. I was so like, I was like, oh my gosh, it's just warmed my heart, lifted up my soul before we dive into today's topic, this is a story of the first time I actually got an arrow into an animal and uh, harvested the animal, killed my first deer with a bow. I wanted to share that story and just kind of break it down play by play. I wanted to introduce our unofficial sponsor tonight. The other night was chicken broth. Today's sponsor is brought to you by... That is ice clinking in a mason jar. Yeah, a mason jar. That is cranberry juice. That is my cranberry juice that I mentioned in the other episode. So what I do is I take hardcore like cranberry concentrate, no sugar added, bitter. I mean, this stuff is, it'll, it'll wake you up. And I do about half the glass cranberry concentrate, and then the other half water. I don't add sugar. I don't. The reason why I started drinking cranberry juice is it was just kind of a reminder that I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to fight for my life and make sure I was making good health decisions. And hopefully in in that turn, not have kidney stones. That's what I'm shooting for. Those look painful. So this episode unofficially is brought to you by Cranberry Juice. Thank you, Cranberry Juice. Glad you're here. You unfortunately do not get 20% off Cranberry Juice if you enter like first generation bow hunter at checkout at cranberryjuice.com. I don't even know if that's a thing. I'm just making up stuff at this point. But I do love Cranberry Juice. And I think if you're trying to get healthy, try to find something that just wakes you up a little bit. It's like... 
I'm drinking this. I know it's ultra healthy, but it also has just a good symbol of motivation to be better. Okay. Let's get on with the episode. This is episode 13. I wanted to share and really kind of slow down and break down the first hunt that I went bow hunting and actually got an animal. And I think it's really important to kind of break down some of these events, what's going through your mind. If you've had this experience, you can relate to it. If you haven't and you're really looking forward to it and you hope it happens this season, hopefully what I share with you today will help you slow down and think about as you go into these events. It's a very exciting thing, as you can imagine. There's also a lot going on and you have to make split second decisions. And uh, so let's dive into the story and I'll share what happened the first time I killed a deer with a bow. Well, leading up to this event, I had many, many years of no success and almost go, you know, a few weeks of a season, just not even seeing an animal. Sometimes I'd see an animal like 200 yards away. and I just didn't know how to get in and get into range or any of that. Finally reached out to a really close friend. I had asked him, you know, is, is there any advice you have for me? Could we go out together? Is there anything you can kind of just teach me? You really have to eat some of that humble pie to get to that point and hopefully create some good relationships. It, you know, it takes time, you know, and I think people, other hunters do want to mentor you, but they also want you to really show that you are going to bring effort and really put in that time. So when I say that, you know, a friend took me out, I just want to preface that with that also was, you know, years of building a relationship and talking about hunting and asking questions. And it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, let's just go get you a deer. Yeah, it'll be easy. It's so, you know, let's walk over here next to the tree and, oh, here it comes. Take a shot. Like it, it just is not cut and dry. And so I would just advise it's really good to create those friendships, ask questions, find those great mentors. He had taken me out to a few areas and we went out and scouted and he's just explaining a whole lot, you know, talking about game trails, talking about how do animals behave and time of day. And it was just very, very helpful. And it really woke me up to me knowing that I really didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was, you know, how to find these animals. And so he took me to a few different spots. We had a great time and, you know, I got to see a few animals. Well, a little time went by and I asked him if he could go with me. I, I really wanted to go get something. I probably had about three weeks left of the season. So kind of felt like time was ticking and three weeks for me was a long time or a short amount of time, excuse me. And I was anxious and I didn't want the season to run out. He couldn't make it, so I went alone back to one of the areas that he had showed me. And I was there, you know, nice and early. Probably got on the trailhead around 6.30, pretty far before, you know, shooting light. And I was walking around trying to get into a good spot and didn't take long, but about five does came within about 60, 70 yards. I was, I mean, I was just, who I, I, 
I don't even know how to explain it. I was just floating. I mean, it was exciting. It was scary. You don't want to make a mistake. You want to do everything right, but not everything goes to plan or even goes right. So there's just a lot going through my mind at this point. And I'm just I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, they're, they're here. They're, and they are here. I mean, they don't know I'm here. I had a great blind, little natural ground blind. And man, everything was just coming together. I was like, this is awesome. So I waited a little bit, just kind of see if they're going to make some movement, kind of move a little bit closer towards me. And they did. And I didn't really move. They came from about 60, 70 into 40. And it was just perfect. I was like, oh my gosh, this is just coming together. And I think it's like, you know, it's shooting light hits. It's 7.05 in the morning, you know, whatever legal light was at that time. And I am like, here we go. Like, it's game time, right? I mean, 40 yards, that's pretty easy for me. I feel very comfortable at that. So I pull back, and I think if I was to replay it in my mind, which I'm trying to do right now, I was just shaking. I was all over the place. And I think at the time, I didn't want to admit that, but I definitely was. My advice to you is when you get into that position where you are pulling back, you're pulling the string back, you've got to breathe. You've got to slow down. I wrote on my arrow fletchings, fast forward, like many years, because I, I found this where I was getting way too excited in these moments. And that honestly is such a critical moment. I mean, you can stalk into a, an awesome animal. You can get within range. You can have all the things go to plan. And if you get excited, you jitter, you're not breathing. It doesn't matter. I mean, if you're inches off, it just really comes down to those micro movements. So I was excited. And, uh, I started writing on my fletchings when I would get new arrows. I'd write one word on one arrow fletching. And then in my quiver, it would create a phrase if they're all turned the right way. And the phrase I started putting on my arrows is, do not get excited. <laughs> and I, I think I picked that up from Meat Eater and also Kendall Card, who I just, you know, really look up to. And it just, as simple as that. Don't don't get excited. You can get excited later. You know, save that excitement, bottle it up, and, and save it, store it. Because it really throws off the shot. It just so many terrible things can happen. Well, that's what happened. I missed. Pulled back. I was all over the place. And 40 yards, you know, I was practicing very frequently. 40 yards was not hard for me. And best way I can think about it is I just, I got way too excited. I was jittery. I was all over the place. Missed. They took off. There was a group of four and then they kind of paired off into twos. And they started running up this incredibly steep shale, really loose, heavy rocks, really difficult to hike in. It's hard to move. It's, it's loud. You know, you take one step and then you'll kind of fall a step. It, really tricky deer can just shoot up that stuff it doesn't matter they 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 have no problem with variable conditions well i thought it was over i thought 
I was just like, oh, this is done. I, and I felt kind of ashamed. You feel kind of sick and you're just like, shoot, you know? And I was waiting there and, you know, does specifically are fairly curious. Uh, most cases where I've had that experience with a buck, that buck shoots over to Wyoming. I mean, it's gone. He is gone. Does are a little different. They have that curiosity. They're kind of like, hmm, what just happened? And they, they bump, but more often than not, and in most of my experiences, they don't take off. They, it, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. They kind of stay within about 100 yards unless something, something else happens. I mean, if you're making tons of noise, but usually if you get an error off and it, you know, you miss you might get another chance to shoot. And that's what happened to me. So they shoot up this really steep, probably 45 grade hill up the shale. And I'm thinking, ah, you know, it's over. And they run up, they get about 80 yards away and I range it and I'm like, huh, they're at 80 yards. I'm not feeling comfortable at that distance, but you know, could I close the distance? I have nothing guarding me, nothing, no bushes, no trees. It is me in the shale and an 80 yard gap. And these two does are just staring at me. And I'm like, oh man, you know, and I'm all camoed up, but I didn't bring my uh, shale camo that day. And I'm just, I'm like, you know, I'm going to go for it. I'm just going to walk up slow as I can, try not to make a lot of noise just kind of kind of ease up this really steep section. But seriously, I mean, there was nothing blocking me. So I think in those cases, if you get in that case where, you know, you miss, just just hold tight, just sit tight. Don't, you know, scream out and freak out or obviously just see if there could be another shot opportunity, you know, depending on the landscape, depending on where they go where you can kind of travel, could get another shot. So I closed the gap from about 80 yards, 75, 70. I know I'm just like inching, you know, every yard. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just got another yard behind me. It was a massive accomplishment, I felt like. And those deer are just staring me down. They're just staring at me, nothing changing. And I'm just thinking... I could have another shot at this. You know, that hunter optimism that we have where we're like, everything's going to go great today. You know, at the beginning of a hunt, it's always fun because you're just like, it's all going to go well. I'm going to find something. It's going to go great. It's just that hunter optimism really kicks in. And I'm glad it did because I think in a lot of times if I would have been, you know, down on myself, I, I might have turned around and been like, oh, it's over. You know, they're gone. And they weren't, they just, they stayed and I had everything against me and yet it was working out. So I go from like 75, 70, 65, and I get down to about 60 yards away. They haven't moved. I mean, they're curious, they're staring me down and I range it and I think I got it about 57 yards. Well, I'd been practicing at really long distances and 60, I was actually very, very comfortable with. So I'm like, here we go. And it is steep. 
steep 45 grade. And so I'm kind of swiveling at the hips, you know, getting my, my shot ready, pull back. And I just, I was calm. I was like, this is going to happen. This arrow is going to do its job. You're going to do your job. You're going to hold steady. You're going to aim correctly, go through all those motions, go through your routine. And I just, you know, just believed in it, right? I believed in my, my training. I believed in myself. I believed in my equipment. And I released and I heard this thwap and it, that sounds meant so much to me because I'd heard that sound in YouTube videos and I heard that sound described by other people and hunters. And I wanted that sound for myself just to verify that I'd connected because I had misses before. And you know it's a miss when maybe it's bright and early in the morning and you hit a rock and you see the spark and you're like, ah, oh, you know. I've had that before. I'd I'd heard misses. I'd seen misses. I I had had my share of misses. And that was that coveted like thwap, just that heavy, just oh, it was so rich. And I'll never forget that. Just that really solid sound. And I just thought to myself, oh my gosh, I did it. It happened. And I just I was just overwhelmed. I mean, emotion just took over. It just felt, just felt peaceful. It was, it was incredible. So I kind of taken that moment and the other deer runs off. There was two of them and I got kind of the bigger one. So I was excited about that. And it's, you know, up this really steep grade and I'm like, all right, we got to, got to slow down, got to breathe. You know, I, I do want to get excited, but I just need to not bump this animal and, you know, just take in the moment. It's okay. So I slowly kind of make my way up this hill and, you know, shale's all around me and nothing's happening quick. So I'm just trying to take my time, use this time to calm down, just breathe, kind of gather myself. So I get up to the area and oh my gosh, like the blood trail was just epic. It was perfect. I mean, and, and I'm thinking, I'm like, holy smokes, like I either hit the heart or I hit some serious arteries. And, you know, went in one end, one side, out the other, just amazing. Amazing, amazing. So excited. And it was a Walmart arrow. <laughs> it was a Walmart arrow. And uh, with a rage, broad, broadhead, expandable. Don't need to talk about gear. Not this episode. We, we talk about gear plenty on the show. But if you're curious, that, that, was, uh, that was the arrow and the broadhead. Did its job. And I, oh man, I just was just, again, I was so grateful. I'm like, oh my gosh, it worked. Everything came together. And I just had this really strong sense of that deer expired very, very quickly with how much blood was in the blood trail. To give you a sense of how it was, it's probably like this 12-inch wide 
just solid, solid blood, you know, going, going across these rocks. And I was like, whoa. And I'd never, and since I've hunted, I've never seen another blood trail like that, me personally. And with videos that I've seen, I've never seen a blood trail like what I experienced that day. And in some ways, you know, being the first animal I shot with a bow, it kind of set this interesting precedent of, oh, that's what a blood trail looks like. And I've tried to describe it to other people. I've tried to, you know, share this experience. And every time I do, they're like, yeah, that, that's pretty unique, you know, of where that arrow hit, what it hit, and what happened there. And again, I, I've yet to see this replicated in my own experience or, or others. But I kid you not, it was like someone took a paint roller and just went across these rocks for about 50, 60 yards. And I, I think too, like, I really think God was kind of watching out for me that day and was like, you know, today is going to be Adam's first deer. Like I could see him kind of planning it out. <laughs> like I kind of was this small little piece to the, to the bigger plan. Right. But I just felt like everything that happened, just there was purpose behind it. And it, it brought me that comfort. So I kind of start. Uh, I, I probably took off a little bit quicker, like full disclosure, I probably st- started on the blood trail a little too soon. You know, I, I really should have waited 45 minutes to an hour. I, I, I was really trying to temper down the excitement. I don't think I did a very good job. If I was to do that differently and advice I'd like to share with you today is slow it down. Don't be in such a fear that the the meat is going to spoil. You know, give it some time because I started in on the blood trail and I'm thinking like, wow, this is, you know, this must happen really quick. And I had a lot of confidence too, but should have kind of slowed my roll a little bit. Well, I get about 50, 60 yards and it cuts up into this scrub oak. And, you know, here it is on shale. And I mean, it's just like black and white, right? This white, this red blood on these white rocks. It's just so easy to find. Well, it cuts up into this vegetation and it gets a little bit more difficult. And I'm like, oh man, okay. I've got to gather myself here, figure out what's going on. And it wasn't 10 yards, maybe 15 into this scrub oak and this vegetation that the doe was just laying there and had expired. And so you hear about blood trails and how far you have to go and all this stuff. The other thing too is here I was on this really steep grade and my sense and my expectation of that is that deer was exerting a ton of energy compared to maybe running downhill. It was cutting across and then started to go up. And so I'm thinking with how lethal the cut was, even just the grade, you know, really kind of helped move the process along pretty quick, which in, in my, my side of the table was very advantageous. And I was grateful for that. So I walk in, you know, 10, 15 yards and I see her and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like it happened and it's over and it's, you know, everything fell into place. 
And again, at this point, you know, when I spotted her and, you know, I could really see how her legs were. I mean, it wasn't like she was resting. It was legs up. I mean, she, she had died, you know, it was, it was very clear. Again, though, I honestly should have slowed down. I should have been a little bit more thoughtful. That would be my thing to you is don't go rushing in there. I have bumped deer that I have shot and they, man, they go and it's, it's nerve wracking to bump a deer that you've injured and it just really makes for a long process. I lucked out though. There was some serious luck on my side and I, I did have a good shot and, and she did die very quickly. I mean, less than probably eight minutes. Um, but just sharing, sharing my experience that, you know, you got to slow down. So I get up there, I made another mistake actually. And I, I'm glad I'm sharing this actually, because it is, it is humbling to kind of go back and say that you made a mistake, but I'm going to share that I, I did make a mistake. So I get up there and I'm, you know, got my surgical knife, right? My Havilon and I, I go into, you know, field dressing mode and I'm excited and, and all this thing was I'm up this steep, steep shale mountain and I've got to get back to the trailhead, which, you know, is fairly long distance to get to more of a non 45 grade and, you know, need to get it down this really steep section and kind of start on a more approachable trail. Well, made the mistake of gutting her right there. And I wasn't going to caper, you know, take the hide off. I just, I was just going to take out the guts and then bring down her hole. And my plan was actually to take it to a butcher in town. And so I kind of had it all thought out. And it, and it really is important that you think ahead of what you are going to do. Uh, and I know that sounds obvious, but you may make the wrong decision too early in the process. And it's kind of actually what happened with me. So the first thing I did, took the guts out and I left everything else intact. And I'm like, okay, this, you know, I'm going to bring it to the butcher like this. The guts are out. And guess what? I've got to drag this really heavy deer down this incredibly steep hill, but I've just cut her open and, you know, yay, the guts are out. But dude, I, I mean, I went about 10 feet and I realized the sore mistake that I had made, which was you're dragging her down this area and dirt, dust, trees, leaves, <laughs> nature is just going into the cavity of the, the, the deer, making it incredibly dirty, just terrible. And yeah, I went about 10 feet and I'm like, oh, dang it. Like that was a dumb mistake. I got ahead of myself. I was just pushing ahead on that process. I really, really should have slowed down. Thankfully, I didn't have to go as far as I thought I did. And I had to, you know, really finagle getting that animal down. And I ended up cleaning her um, before I took her into the butcher and just tried to prep her as, as best I could. And just also, I, I, 
I didn't think too much about this, but it, it does feel a little like I hadn't thought it out. And I felt like that was a little disrespectful and I wish I hadn't have done that. And so going forward, as I've, you know, got to that process, uh, processing the animal section of, of the hunt, I've really tried to be more thoughtful of like, you know, I'm this, this meat is going to my family. I'm providing for others and I want to make sure I preserve as much as I can. Truth be told, not a lot of meat was ruined. It's, I don't feel like a lot of meat was lost. I feel like I got a lot back, you know, from that butcher. But again, there's just a little bit of that, you know, the, the way we approach things and the spirit of it all. And I, and I am a believer of the respect and, and that was a good lesson for me. And it kind of woke me up a little bit of, you know, slow down. This, this is an animal that you took. Let's, uh, Let's be thoughtful of how we do this. So I get it back down and, you know, got it, got it home, got it to the butcher and just, man, I was floating. I mean, I was absolutely floating. It was just, just an awesome experience, you know? And, and from there, I just was, I was straight up hooked. I mean, I couldn't even think about anything else. I just went full archer. I remember, I think later that day, actually, I went and shot my bow, and I was just practicing. <laughs> and it was kind of that, is it Happy Gilmore? When he's talking about like hockey tryouts, he's like, I got 364 more days until hockey tryouts. You know, That's how I felt. I was just like, I got to get ready for next hunting season. And it's a year away, and it's a year away. And, it, you know, I, I've got to be ready. So that's just how I, I walked away from that experience and I was excited and I was telling everybody and I was just, you know, and I think being alone, would I have done that again and been alone? I think I would have. Uh, I remember when my friend said he couldn't come that day, you know, kind of threw me off, but I'm a pretty independent person. I mean, at age 15, I was climbing, you know, 12, 13,000 foot, uh, mountains by myself and you might be hearing that and being like man you're kind of reckless uh yeah I guess I was I I have done reckless things uh nothing super reckless I mean I try to be thoughtful about what I do but I also don't mind being alone and that was kind of a I guess it was kind of a sacred experience and I was glad that I could kind of do it the way I did even though it wasn't perfect even though I made mistakes it was my mistakes and it was my own experience that I could kind of package up and have it be my first kill of a, of a bow, bow hunt. Do what you feel like is necessary. Again, if this is maybe, and I had gutted an animal before, so I had that experience from a rifle hunt, but not much. I mean, there was one animal before that one that I did. That was the second animal I gutted and I didn't even do a whole lot of the other one. It, I was kind of observing. I was a student. But the best way to learn is just get hands-on and, and get in there. It's, it's the way to do it. And that's also, I think, where a lot of, um, I guess, desperation really leads to perspiration and, and moving forward in progress. Because I'm there, I'm by myself, and I think when we're in that those moments of I 
you know, I, I guess I could FaceTime a friend and be like, help me, what do I do? I guess I could Google things. I guess I could, you know, lean on external resources, but there's just something to be said for being alone, not just having the internet at your fingertips to pacify you and solve all your problems or having that friend even be there or, you know, FaceTime you and walk you through it. You're in that moment and it's just like, all right, this job has to get done. I got to carry this animal. I've got to do it the right way. I've got to preserve the meat. And there is some serious value there that I wouldn't trade for anything. And I love the camaraderie of people I hunt with and that type of thing. And I think there's serious value there and I don't want to discount that. But I just wanted to say that it's okay to hunt alone and there are certain implications and you want to be smart and you want to be safe, but you also reap a very serious reward and it's, it's pretty special. Let me know what your approach is. If you like hunting more in groups or what your first hunt was like, please tag first generation bow hunter hashtag on Instagram, share that photo from that first hunt, dig it up. If you can find it, maybe it's a little ways down the newsfeed. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear what your first experience was like. And that was mine. And I haven't shared that experience in full comprehensive detail like I did just now. As I've thought about this show, I think it is important to share those things and, and share the ups and share the downs, you know, share those little mistakes that we made. And hopefully you hear that and you say, all right, you know, I, I'm going to watch for something like that. There's just a few little warning signs there that I hope can help you and kind of make it a little bit more smooth experience and, you know, be able to have a great experience and have that great first harvest and just really enjoy that first kill. It, it'll just stay with you. I mean, I, those details are so imprinted in my brain. I mean, I open that file cabinet of that experience in my brain and it's just step by step by step. I, I can see it. I can see the light coming from the sun that early in the morning and how those two does looked at me and how I missed my first shot and just all those steps. I could still hear the rocks kind of banging into each other as I'm stepping on that shale. It's, it's powerful stuff. And it's funny because you asked me, you know, hey, what would you have for dinner two weeks ago? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just our, our mind hangs on to these very primitive, incredible experiences. I think there's a reason for that. I don't know what that reason is. I I need to find out. I think that's going to be something that I ask on future, uh, with future guests on the show here. And I've got some great shows lined up. Actually, speaking of that, got some really fun guests this week. So stay tuned. Make sure you are subscribed because I don't want you to miss out on a few of these interviews that I have coming up of just some really special people. I'm not going to say who. I'll just I gotta leave some teaser. You know, gotta gotta leave something to be left to mystery. Stay tuned. Thank you so much uh, for being here and subscribing. Please drop that review on iTunes if you're enjoying what you hear. And let me know if you have any questions, anything specific you want me to cover. Let's, let's hash it out. Let's get you featured on a future episode. I appreciate you joining. We'll see you on the next episode of First Generation Bowhunter.